Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ruth Perello, and I will be your host for today's webinar. Before we begin, if you have any questions regarding the discussion, don't hesitate to send them to us by entering it in the comment section or, or whatever what's of, of whatever social media platform you're watching this on, and I'll be here to relay them to our guest speaker. 
So welcome to the live webinar series of esme.ph, an e-learning marketplace for Filipino professionals where one can develop relevant and in-demand skills through masterclasses in different fields of learning. If you want to learn about more, learn more about us, feel free to visit our page at www.esme.ph. For those who are watching on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, feel free to share this the link to this to this stream up to people who you think will be interested in today's topic. So now, this webinar is in partnership with the Rotary Club of Alabang Madrigal Business Park, District 3830 Zone 10A, a five-star Rotary Club of dynamic and fun-loving visionary leaders of the community who are wholeheartedly giving back to the society through service and advocacy. They are looking to add to their membership so that they can do even more, not only to their community and throughout the world. If looking to make a contribution to the welfare of others and see yourself as a person who can live up to their motto of service above self, all, all while having fun and enjoying the fellowship of club members, then you should join the Rotary. This is also in partnership with Rotaract Club of Alabang, Madrigal Business Park, ASEAN Youth Organization, GCI Alabang, Rotaract One ASEAN, United Nations Youth Associations of the Philippines, Montessori de Oro, and Youth Development Affairs Office. Now, our topic for today is all about the post-pandemic major shifts in the world economy. Our esteemed guest speaker will talk about the major developments and shifts in the post-pandemic world economy. He will be discussing how the global economy was heavily impacted by the pandemic and share his insights on the major changes in the world economy. Given that, there is still uncertainty on the developments and shifts that happened due to the pandemic, what can we do to survive? He was born in Tiana, Albania on September 29, 1965. He completed his bachelor's degree in agronomy in 1989 and a master's degree in economy in 1996 at the Agriculture University of Tirana. He has also completed his MBA at Lincoln University and FEUT in 2000. He became a law faculty of, law of Tirana University in 2002. In 2005, he accomplished his Doctor of Sciences and Management at FEUT. He has also trained in Albania, the USA, UK, Germany, Israel, and Austria, among others, for economic, law, environmental subjects. He is now a lecturer at CIT, CARD Department, a World Business Angels Investment Forum Senator, an ambassador of the International Peace Association, and a lead auditor for ISO standards. Besides lecturing, his previous experience is related to the Ministry of Agriculture, British Embassy Tirana, World Bank, NATO, USA Army, and local newspapers. He has participated in more than 70 international scientific conferences, 
has published around 50 articles in international scientific journals and academic books on quality management, quality management tools, hotel and hospitality management, academic writing, business communication, and agribusiness management. Without further, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us all welcome our speaker, Dr. Enrico Seco. Uh, thank you for uh, such a nice uh, presentation. Uh, first of all, uh, I would like to say that it is my great pleasure to be with you today to share some uh, important and interesting uh, points regarding to the where we have been, where we are, and uh, where are we going. Regarding to the situation of, especially the situation of the last two years with the pandemic of COVID-19, which uh, have been uh, not only a period of uh, difficulties uh, and problems for all of us, but uh, it has been uh, a tough period to think hard, to try hard, to learn more and to look forward to improve our life. Uh, because at, at the end of the day, uh, uh, besides the fact that what is happening all around us, the most important for us is our life. The most important for us is life of our families. The most important for us is the life of the whole society in our countries. And as well, uh, the life of all people all around the world. So, saying that, uh, the world is going to be smaller and smaller. We cannot uh, think or we cannot act today individually as humans or as a family or as a business or even as a country, as a government. We have to communicate to each other. We have, we have to share to, with all of us uh, problems that we have, problems we face and the most important thing is to share solutions because that's the only one way to look forward to improve the quality of our lives. So uh, today I'm going to speak uh, for these uh, uh, aspects, uh, problems that brought COVID, which is unemployment, recession, vaccination, commercial flights, tourism sectors, this stuff. I would like to combine uh, what I uh, will present to you with what Malthus says around uh, 200 years ago. But what Malthus says 200 years ago now have a solution. And we shall see later mega trends for the next 10 years, which are, you know, the major shifts generally in the world economy, politics, demography, this stuff, and uh, which are major shifts on human resources and which are major shifts on education, because these two major shifts on human resources and education are totally related with us as individuals. So we have to, uh, as to say, we have to, 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 to adjust ourselves in the labor market, we have to adjust ourselves in terms of education and knowledge because for every person, 
for every person to succeed, there, there are only three things which are important, which is skills, knowledge, and competences. No one can give you these three things. You can go in the school for years, even for tens of years. And, and professors might try to teach you. They tell you which are skills, knowledges, and competences you need to perform a job. But if you don't want to gain skills, if you don't want to build competences, and if you don't want to create knowledge, then even the, the best professors in the world cannot do anything. It's you. You have to gain skills. You have to build up. You have to create knowledge. From the previous experience, from the books that you read, from all information that you get, from professors, from the school, even from individual education or training courses that you might want to follow. The most important thing is to, to fix what you want to do with your life. Look at this. World economy struggling with rising unemployment all around the world. Even before the pandemic, the unemployment was higher. But you see, compare 2019 with uh, 2020. Red dots with blue dots. It's increasing. I got an example of these countries from International Monetary Fund, a report of some months ago. But it's everywhere the same. Uh, of course, unemployment is related with other things. It's related with the health. It's related with education. It's related with housing. It's related uh, with holidays. It's related with the uh, supply of food, water, electricity. And this related at the end of the day with products and services that companies deliver into the market. You see what happened last two, two weeks in all around the world. Price of wheat and price of uh, hydrocarbons, oil. They rise up. And it will be a compound pricing increase because this Two main commodities are important for our life, and the increase of prices on these two commodities will be transferred to the increase of prices in all products and services. Which is related to food and uh, in agribusiness sector. And uh, hydrocarbons is related specifically with transport. Transport is blood for the economy. Roads are blood for the economy. So, no transport. No economy, no life. Majority of countries in recession. If you see carefully, uh, countries all around the world are suffering from recession. What is recession? A long period without economic growth. And this came firstly from unemployment. Because if people don't work, they cannot produce. They are not efficient, they are not sufficient to produce products and services. And if this happened for a long period, then 
the, the, the whole economy of a country will suffer, will be in difficulties. But when this happened in a group of countries, or in the case of COVID-19, when this happened in all the world, all around the world, so all the countries suffer from precision. High unemployment, low level of production, no sales for specific sectors. Some sectors uh, almost collapsed. Uh, in January this year, daily percentage change in the number of jobs posting 2020-2019 compared because of vaccines. It was, it was uh, in that time, it was a very low uh, 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 usage of uh, vaccines in uh, many countries. And we see now the result. After, let's say, after uh, creating opportunities for all countries to get the vaccine, and most, most people uh, accepted it, you see the situation uh, during the summer of this year. It was improved a bit. And if you see situation now, besides the fact that COVID exists, some countries are opening their borders. Just yesterday, in France, it was allowed to, to fill uh, uh, bars, pubs, uh, and these night bars with music until to 15%. Uh, in Europe, stadiums for soccer, they now permit people to enter. Uh, in Balkans, where my country is in Albania. Universities, schools are open. We accept students that have a vaccine or they have a certificate of a test, but it's open. In a period of two years, everything was online in, in, in schools. And we know that. Well, not everything can be learned online. There are some specific issues, some specific uh, disciplines you cannot get online. And as well, the most important thing, you have to be accompanied by people. We are humans. There are some other species in the world which during all their life remind individually without being accompanied by the others. But we are humans. And this two years period of staying home or being uh, in distance with the others affected our life, individual psychology and whole society. You see, commercial flights still remain below normal levels. Uh, besides the fact that in some countries air flights, you know, commercial flights are open, but the number of flights per day has been reduced, as well as the number of people which use the flight transport is reduced. Some companies uh, don't permit to, to fill the full 
uh, aircraft because of the distance. In some countries, yes, they accept, but you have to have a, a test or you have to be uh, have to be vaccinated. But anyway, the problem is not only with flights or with commercial flights or with uh, flight agencies, flight companies. The problem is that uh, reducing commercial flights affects several sectors. And one of them is tourism. But not only tourism. People have to communicate. Not everything can go online. Not everything can be discussed in Zoom. Not everything can be discussed in classrooms, in Google Classrooms, or in Facebook or Instagram. Business, usually, have a lot of things that cannot be discussed online. Look what happened. Annual percentage change of uh, football. I'm sorry. You know? Um, excuse me, sir, uh, Dr. Seba. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, we would like to ask if are you sharing your screen right now? Because we don't see it on our end. Okay. Kindly share your screen so that everyone can see. Thank you very much. Can you see it? Yes, sir, we can see it now. Okay. So, this is the rights of pharmaceutical companies during this period. Of course, it's normal. If people suffer, they have to find solution. And several companies offer their solutions. We don't know yet which is the best, but you know, this is how it works. The impact of coronavirus on stock market since the start of outbreak. Some stock market went down, some stock market went up. You see, from the start of pandemic to the first vaccine announced. After the first vaccine was announced, you see the shift of stock market. I would I, I, I would like to stay a bit to factors of production. Factors of production, as we know today, are labor, land, capital, innovation, and entrepreneurship. It was Malthus that says that 200 years ago. He predicted that humanity, if left unchecked, would breed itself into poverty, due to its inability to produce food proportional to a growing population in the face of a fixed amount of arable land. So he thought, he thought that the role of fixed factors is important. But what happened today? Currently, in, in the globe, there is a land that is not used. There is labor, but the unemployment rate is high. There is money in the banks in form of savings, which are not used for investments. So labor, land, capital, we don't use them anymore. So if we use labor, land, capital, we understand that there is a room to increase production. There is a room to increase employment. There is a room to increase economic growth. But as you see, 
Nowadays, the role is shifted towards innovation, creativity, and quality management. I will show you later a graph about that. Creativity. Over the years of quality management experience, seems we have achieved in a common idea that innovation products, services, processes, procedures, etc., like this, are part of creativity or involved. Knowledge creation and creativity are very important to successful organizations and their results. Emphasize knowledge and creativity. Innovation is a practical implementation of ideas, of creativity, that results in the introduction of new goods or services or improved ones in offering goods or services in the market. And uh, some standards help on that. Entering as a new or change entity creating or redistributing value. Uh, when we talk about quality management, we talk about continuous improvement. We talk about ISO standards, and especially the most required standard in the, in the world is ISO 9001. So let's see relation between innovation and creativity. You see uh, in one side of the screen, it's verified statistically, that there is a great connection between innovation and creativity. Until now, it was just a theory that innovation and creativity got related to each other. But only two days ago, it was presented in the scientific uh, uh, society, these regressions. Yes, uh, two days ago, it was the ninth Mediterranean International Mediterranean Conference uh, held by Almeria University in Spain, uh, where I presented uh, my study on relations between uh, innovation, creativity, and uh, quality management (ISO standards). Where, for the first time, I uh, I, I was able to handle uh, regressive analysis to, to to show the the great connection which exists between innovation and creativity between innovation and quality management systems, innovation and ISO standard 9001, and creativity and quality management system, creativity and ISO standard 9001. Why this? Since we don't use labor, land, capital, we have to use innovation and entrepreneurship. But innovation and entrepreneurship are not physical. We cannot see them. Innovation and creativity are in our mind. They are born with us. Each of us is unique. And each of us have innovation and entrepreneurship skills. But we have to explore them. We have to show that we have innovation and entrepreneurship skills. If we show them, then we will succeed. We can open a business. We can find a good job. We can look forward to our life, not only as individuals, but as a whole society. Let's see megatrends for the next 10 years. Population growth. We are going 9 billion after 20 years. Global warming, environment problems, waste management, you know, recycling, plastics, this stuff. We are entering 
in, in the next stage of the fourth industrial revolution, because we are in the middle of that. We know that as a digital revolution, there is an advancement in technology, artificial intelligence, machine learning. It's totally related to innovation. It's totally related to creativity. It's totally related to respect of standards. If we don't respect standards, then there is no competition. But the base of our world, the base of our existence is competition. Uh, it, it is uh, calculated that there are already more over 65 peop uh, old people in Asia than there are people in the US. They will be more over 65 in Asia than the population of the Eurozone and North America combined after 20 years. But this affects technologies, this affects health, this affects uh, social change. More than half of the world's population now lives in thousand cities. And uh, by next 10 years, this number will uh, go to 5 billion. More than half. Let's suppose that we think that uh, in uh, 2030, the world population, it will be around uh, less than 8 billion. Five in towns, three in rural areas. And much of this urbanization belongs to Africa and Asia, bringing a huge social, economic, and environmental transformation. Main responses to crisis and post-crisis period. Well, uh, as I told, information revolution, flexible and learning organizations, and innovation systems, an explosion of knowledge, skills, and learning, and competing with them. Growing innovation and knowledge networks, Increase of global competition and production, level of production. Employment from business entities of several strategies and locations. Because the technology gives a chance. Clustering in the knowledge economy. Of course, knowledge is a, is a very specific subject. Not all knowledge can drop in a file. Not all knowledge can drop in a roof. Improving system of creation, production, and distribution. Yeah, logistics now is exploding. Logistics is improved, is modernized. We see it during all of two years of a pandemic, most of us had a chance to order online. And in a couple of days or in a week, what you ordered came at home, in your door. Increasing needs for policy integration. Yeah, I told you before. We need to cooperate. We need to work together. The, the, uh, by my opinion, borders are, are just some uh, uh, physical uh, notions. Borders, in fact, doesn't exist. And we have to work hard even to, to break all borders that still might exist all around the world, for all of us, is important. Uh, shifting the composition of the economy. Yeah, if you don't use labor land capital, then there is a shift from rural economies to industrial or to technological uh, economies. Improving knowledge, education, and skills. Yeah, it's because of competition. If you want to find a job, you need skills, knowledge, and competences.
but you cannot gain them without uh, improving the education system because it's a competition between countries which country has the best education system the best health system and the infrastructure you know is in a better position in terms of economy with the other countries usage and expand of innovation systems creativity and quality management culture yes of course people want to have more innovation systems they want to be more creative and uh, most of companies that even before didn't have standards uh, now they are applying to get the, the minimum i saw 9001 uh, they want to have a quality management system to perform well in the open market nine human resources trends now what i talked until now is generally is for society is for the whole economy of a country or for all of us but now we go to some specific things which belongs to us as individuals we have to understand that there are nine human resources trends emerging which result of workforce and workplace changes Increase in remote working. Even now that uh, it is allowed to go in the office, 30% of people, they say they, they are, it's good for them to, to work at home, from home. Expanded data collection. Yeah, there is a lot of information around. The most important thing with that is to classify. Contingent worker expansion. Since we don't work in agriculture, that there is a room uh, to work somewhere else. It's contingent worker expansion. Expanded employer role as a social safety net. Yeah, it's, it's, it's normal. This, this was going to happen even before the pandemic. Separation of critical skills and roles. Yeah, in, in every business, in every uh, office of public administration, Every position, every job, let, let, let's say in, in simple words, every job must have duties and responsibilities written in written form. If you don't have them, that you cannot perform your job. You cannot report and no, no one asks you what are you doing. But without that, without duties and responsibilities written for every position in a company or in public administration, nothing can happen. We cannot look for work. We cannot develop ourselves. And there is a situation of dehumanization of uh, people that hire us. Well, it's true. Something is happening in large corporations. Something is happening in public sector. There is a part of our society that thinks that they live in the moon. They know nothing what is happening in the earth. So we have to cut this. They cannot guide, they cannot be leaders. Looking the earth from, from above, from the moon. They have to be between us. They have to understand what people need. They have to understand which are the right, which are the right ways to, to, to look forward and to improve our, our life. Emergency of new top-tier employers. Yeah. There is an emergency 
to connect people in the organization. Uh, traditionally, uh, the, the connection uh, or the communication in, in a company or in a public administration offices, it was vertical or horizontal. But now we see that increasing the need for a diagonal communication. Some people that before didn't have the communication between sectors, now they communicate often. Because there is no time to wait to send the message to one person, to another person, to another person, that at the end of the day, the, the message to go to the person you wanted the message to go. So you can go directly to this person in the company or, or to this sector. And this is diagonal communication, which is important for today's developments. Transition from designing for efficiency to designing for resilience. It's important to understand that everyone that is looking for a job or everyone that is in a job, you have to understand we need resilience. Increase in organization complexity. Yeah. With, with such kind of developments, uh, we need to have some several new positions in the organization. For example, most of organizations don't have a quality manager, but now it's needed. In most of organizations, before, it was not uh, the position of health and safety officer or person in charge for health, health and safety. Now it is a requirement, not even by the labor law code, labor law, but it's a requirement to, to, the, by the companies, by businesses. Uh, there are several positions at which uh, didn't exist before, like uh, people that check the energy consumption in a business. We see what happened with the energy, with price of energy all around the world. So we need to have some people in the company which check cons consumption of energy. Five major shifts needed to transform education. Restructuring time. We need to shift from a system where time is the constant and learning is the variable to one where learning is constant and time is variable. Long life learning. There is no way. Now, in our days, the knowledge of society are doubled every five years. Let's consider uh, I start a bachelor now, three years bachelor. After that, I will get to two years master. At the end of the five year studies, what professors wanted to teach to me is only 5% of what exists, of what is around the world in the time after five years. It's doubled everything. Information is doubled. With all of that information, we have to be careful to classify it and to use it when it's needed. Student-centered models. Thinking about how different each student is will help teachers reject the idea of one-size-fits-all education and focus on educating each student step-by-step step from where they are. Yes, they, I love it. This is, this is one of the most important shifts that the shifts that I really love it. I, I teach by myself in university. And I see that there is a huge difference between every student. But we have to work with them individually to, to, to make them able to enter into the labor market with their skills, knowledges, and competences. And of course, we have an important role 
the teacher stands in front of a class and delivers information to students. It's old style. It's over. We cannot stand in front of a class delivering information anymore. We have to provide resources necessary for individual students and for the group of them. They have to work by themselves to gain skills, to create knowledge huh? and competences, to build competences. Of course, in every university, or not in, not in university, but even in middle schools, and even in the low level of education, we need to analyze programs of the school and to develop them. What facts or processes we want kids to really remember years down the road? Are we learning, are we offering for them knowledge which is uh, available for them after they will finish the school? Are we, really, are we really delivering to them information that really they need? So this is a big question. And we have to build all of that in regarding to school culture. We are unique. Every person in our world, every human is unique. So that's why in the school, but not only in the school, but even in working place, we have to respect diversity, equity, and inclusion. DEI, it's important. No diversity, no equity, no inclusion, then no competitive advantage. No economic growth. No good life of society. No good personal life. So this is what I wanted to share with you today, especially the last things, nine human resources trends and these major shifts in transforming education, which every one of us should take care of. I would like to thank you for the attention following my presentation. So I'm open for uh, questions, debates, you know, discussions. Okay, sir, thank you very much. Now let us proceed with the question and answer portion. I would be uh, telling you the first question. Um, here it goes. Aside from the pandemic, what major setbacks have impacted the world economy the most in the past year? Uh, well, this is a very interesting question. Um, we are in the period of globalization. In this kind of the economy, when all economies or all leaders says we have to open gates, we have to open borders, we have to communicate, we have to exchange goods and services. Behind that, behind that is a commercial war. And this commercial war, it's totally related to quality of products and services as well as with the costs of production. Saying that, 
who control the resources can gain competitive advantage. Who control the uh, labor market can gain a competitive advantage. Who control finances can get a competitive advantage. Uh, on the other side, we have big corporations which want us to work eight hours a day and even after that to, to think only for the corporation. And on the other side, we have our life. So look, look at these uh, three, three main uh, conflicts. Globalization and individuality of countries, uh, controlling or not controlling labor, land, capital, and the conflict between working hours and uh, the rest of uh, life. These are three main conflicts which affect, which affected already the world economy without considering pandemics. Now that we have pandemics, then these three main conflicts, let's say, uh, uh, have been uh, more and more uh, important to study, to check them, and to see what to do with these conflicts, how to solve problems. And I, I think, I think, the world is entering in a new, in a new period, in a new era, where uh, international organizations are in the way of change. What I mean with that? It looks that the uh, United Nations role in the world is it's increasing. While individual connection of countries with World Bank and in the International Monetary Fund are increasing individually, not as a region, not as a world economy. Because uh, individual countries, especially undeveloped or developing countries, need support, need experience from these two main financial, international financial organizations. What's next? Even developed countries now suffer from, from financials. So, International Monetary Fund and World Bank must be reorganized to cover all financial problems, not only for developed or only for developing or only for undeveloped countries. We, we need to have a strategy for these two big organizations to work with all countries to solve, let, to, to try to, to help on solving financial problems of the whole world economy. Uh, if you see sustainable development goals, we said uh, we will uh, cover them in next 10 years. What happened? Let, let's consider sustainable development goals related to environment. No, we have problems. Plastics, plastics everywhere. Recycling industry is not developed. Instead, instead that we have a lot of waste around. We just push trash in landfills, in most of landfills are illegal. Instead that we have to develop recycling industry. Offering for them opportunities, low, a, a low tax system for recycling industries to make them use. There is no reason to go in a roof in a mine 
to extract minerals while we have uh, waste in landfills, which can be used with a very, very cheap, with a, with a low cost. So why we destroy environment going in and extracting minerals from the earth, while already we have a lot of materials in the landfills. So I am saying that these people that are looking the earth from the moon must drop in the soil. They have to live with us. We have to see each other, to say hello to each other, and to solve our problems that we have. Okay, sir, thank you very much for answering the first question. I would like to agree with what you've said that, especially with the major setbacks you've um, mentioned, we really need to um, develop a sustainable um, environment for the future generations. And with that, sir, yes. um, with, regard, with regard to your um, answer a while ago as well, with the developed countries experiencing financial crisis as well. Here is our second question. So with that, what are your thoughts on the uneven growth in the global economy as COVID-19 still weighs? Yes, uh, I, I, uh, I told at the beginning, uh, we now are not using labor land capital. In a, in a level that we used to do it before. What does this mean? This means that we have a chance to ameliorate situation with the environment. Look what happened during the two years of uh, pandemics. Uh, people stayed at home, all animals came in town. We have seen in Australia, animals in the roads. We have seen in Asia, in, in, my, in my country, we stayed at home, wolves and bears came in town. So we have to be careful with that. In terms of using the earth in a proper way. We have a lot of space. There is a space for all of humans, even to be 20 billion humans in the world. But we have to leave the space for the rest of species in the world, for flora and fauna of the world to be developed and to be sustained. We have to give a chance to trees to recover themselves and to be, to be replaced naturally, not forcibly. If we cut a tree today, we need 20 years to have it back with planting today three or four other trees. So if we cut a tree today, we have to plant today three trees to get one after 20 years. Who is doing that? So if we cut a tree today, we have had to plant it three trees 20 years ago to replace them. So I brought you just a simple example how the forest situation is going. Uh, in my country, uh, before the Second War, 60% of territory was with forest. Now only 10% of territory is with forest. And you know, this brings problems with the soil, 
this this uh, this brings problems with the rains so ecological things environment things only because of cutting trees without criteria so we have to be sustained if you cut a tree you have to have had planted 20 years ago three three trees to have one of them today because not all of them will survive you have to plant uh, three trees 20 years ago and one of them will survive to replace the trees that you you want to cut today so i think with with that ex example uh, i covered the situation of environment but in generally in in the question i, I love the question very much uh, uh, really, we have to keep we have to keep all parameters of the economy in our hands. We should not leave every, anything outside of control. When I say control, uh, in, in, a, in a good way, control, not control uh, to fight, but control to improve. It is important to understand in everything that we have in our life. Well. Four main managerial functions are planning, organizing, leading, and control. Without plan, an idiot can beat an intelligent man that doesn't have a plan. If an idiot has a plan, can beat any day and a very intelligent man which doesn't have a plan. We need to organize things, resources, financial resources, human resources, raw materials. And after that, we have to lead people to, to, to get success, to get succeed. But all of this, planning, organization, and leading should be controlled. No control, no result. No control, you lose resources. This would have happened until now. COVID uh, told to us, COVID, you have to plan, organize, lead, and control. This is the best lesson that COVID gave to us. No plan, no organizing people, no leading, no control, then it's not good for, for any one of us individually as a society. We, we, have, we, have, we have to, we have, well, who told, who told planning, organizing, leading, and control? It was a French entrepreneur 130 years ago, Henry Fayol. He told to us 130 years ago, we have to plan, we have to organize, we have to lead, we have to control. And after 130 years, it was COVID that remind us what Henry Fayol told to us 130 years ago. Henry Ford, 110 years ago, he put it, the control man in his factories. One person to control 10 people for the quality of production services. He did it 110 years ago. Why we don't do it today? So that's the importance of managerial functions. Planning, organizing, leading and control, no way to, to succeed. Uh, Edouard Deming, one of the, the most important men of quality management, he says, Plan, do, check, act. The famous Deming cycle. We have to plan things, 
but we have to do that. We have to follow the plan. If we follow the plan and we involve the plan, then we have to, to check. If we check and everything is okay, we can go again. But if we check and something is wrong, then we have to act to make corrections. That's why people that succeed have a correction plan or a preventive plan to prevent mistakes or when they happen, we have to correct. Plan, do, check, act. They goes together. Henry Ford, Henry, Henry Fayol, and Edward Deming told to us years ago. And COVID just remembered us what they told. Okay, sir. Um, thank you very much for um, your inputs regarding that question. Truly that um, with the four management functions you mentioned, it is essential. Especially with regard to the COVID nineteen recovery, but um, for the next question, it could be something a little conflicting, um, especially with how about those um, in low income economies where vaccination is not as readily available. So, what would help in bouncing back from the economic recession that we were talking about? Yes, true. This is, a, this is a very good question. Most of uh, low-income countries are suffering from the lack of a vaccine. Uh, and I do strongly believe there is a way to do it. There are, there are a lot of vaccines around. There are uh, Western vaccines, Russian vaccines, and Chinese vaccines. I strongly recommend authorities which are in charge to inspect vaccines, to issue certificates for these vaccines, if they are good or not. They have to, to think for the whole population of the world, not only for the population of developed countries. Certifying reliable vaccines give a chance to low-income countries to solve the problem and to control, to control the situation. Besides the vaccines, there are some other medicaments which help. Some countries have developed some pills which helps on uh, reducing the, you know, the suffering from COVID. I understand that uh, there is a cost to develop new medicaments for uh, pharmaceutical companies. And we have to make sure for the moment, for the moment, there is no need for patents. Why, why they need patents for vaccines when all the world is suffering? Patent is to protect your product from competitors. Should we think about competition in such a situation when people die? So there is no need for patents on pharmaceuticals which fight COVID. Well, you might ask, from where they will get uh, money back? Because they have spent a lot of money for experiments. So that's the role of World Bank. That's what I said before, that World Bank must change the role. Not to look only for, you know, for incomes or for economic growth. But they have to look for the health of people. No health, no economic growth. And 
the eliminating patents for pharmaceutical companies which produce vaccines and other medicaments for COVID is the immediate action that should be taken. No patents, all people will get vaccines and medicaments. Oh, uh, would that be all, sir, for that question? Okay. Um, since you've mentioned that um, even in low-income economies or countries, um, there should still be the need for a vaccine. Therefore, I would like to ask another question regarding that. Um, how do you think uh, the COVID-19 economic recovery will play out? in that situation? Uh, we are in a situation that around 50-60% of the world population has got what we call uh, natural immunity. And with this natural uh, immunization, now when most of developed countries have vaccinated 70-80% of their working population, not all population, but people that, that work, uh, I think that uh, we have done a big mistake. It, uh, the Chinese move, it was very smart. They vaccinated at the beginning retired people. And working people as well. So why we we did the, the different? We vaccinate. We started to vaccinate only retired people, and not people that uh, are uh, in working age. But in fact, who go outside the house? Retired people don't go outside the house. If if, if you say to them stay at home because there is a disease outside, they stay at home. We didn't vaccinate working part of the population from 20 years old to 65 this was a big mistake if we uh, we have done it the situation will uh, have been in another uh, direction but this is a very good uh, lesson even for the let, let's suppose that we will have a fourth wave of pandemics this this winter let's suppose now we have we, we know a lot of things so first of all, we have to vaccinate working class, people from 20 to 65. The young generation have a natural immunity strong, a higher immunity. And for people that stay at home, so there is no need for a vaccine for the immediately. They can get it uh, slowly, slowly. Saying that, saying that, because we did this mistaken, then we had a lot of economic problems later. Because companies closed doors, they reduced salaries. The most important thing now is to have a financial support from governments to families and to businesses. If we want to recover quickly, most of low-income countries' governments should prepare packages for businesses to support them to restart, to recover. 
In parallel with that, a package to support families. We cannot say, we cannot say that I will give you money and don't go to work, stay home. As well as we cannot say, please shut up because I am giving money to business and they will give money to you. No, it will be in both sides. Money for business, money for families. According to the incomes of uh, this, to two people, and to business. This, uh, this is the, mm -hmm. the main uh, way how, to, how to, to, to get over the situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In, in some countries that did that, for example, in some East European countries, they had the package for business and they had the package for families. Situation in that countries, economic situation in that countries went better compared with the others. But what happened after the, the, the first strong wave of pandemic is that in such countries, the economy was recovered more quickly than the rest of the world. Because they used two ways of package. Package for business, package for families. In countries that use package for families, things went bad. Even in countries that use only package for business, things didn't went well. So we need to support both economic agents, families and business. How much? This is, a, this is a big question. I cannot say how much we need to, to, to support business and families in South Africa or in uh, Nigeria or in your country or in my country. But, you know, we have to, you, I told you, we have to look to each other and to say to each other, hello. We have to stay in table to discuss things. Not some people stay in the moon and some people in the earth. Uh, thank you very much for that powerful insight, uh, Dr. Serko. Now, um, let's move on with the last question since I think you've covered a lot of um, insights with regard to the last question. So um, to end this um, question and answer portion, I would like to ask this one. Um, aside from the help from the government, like, the distribution of money to families and businesses. Um, what tips can you give us to help in our own little ways towards the growth of the economy? Fiscal system must be adequate. You have to support sectors which suffer the most from COVID with reducing the level of taxes. It's, it's very important to understand. There is no way to develop, let's say, tourism with 20% VAT tax. There is no way to develop agriculture sector, uh, leaving farmers without a subsidy. They need money now to buy seeds, fertilizers, this stuff. Well, agriculture is a very specific sector. Uh, if something happened in the world, people in the, in the, in the farm, they may have some, uh, 
something at home to survive for five to six months, usually. Or sometimes they have their production in the field. They can sell it, they can use it. But after six months, no one in the rural areas can survive without subsidy in such a condition. They have finished all of their resources, financial resources, things that they, they had in storage, things that they have in refrigerator. They, it, it's dead, agriculture is dead without subsidy. So we have to give to them chance for seeds, fertilizer, agriculture. Look, in two years, agriculture machines without working, they, they have been amortized. If you want to put them working, they, they, they will bring a lot of problems, defects. So we need money, you need money to repair them because they have two years without working. So that's why farmers need money. Uh, if you combine, if you combine agriculture, agribusiness, and tourism, these are three more, three more important sectors from where we can start recovering economy. Why? We need tourists, and tourism should be developed. But tourism cannot be developed without agribusiness, which supports tourism with uh, food. But who supports agribusiness with food? Is agriculture sector, which brings raw material to agribusiness, to, to process things. So that's why I, I think in such countries, we need to combine uh, agriculture, agribusiness, and tourism as a, as a very important triangle which can give us a chance to recover economy. If we will do that, then we, after that, we can get some money to invest in other sectors. The main sector which brings money shortly, quickly, it's tourism, agriculture, and agribusiness. It's not industry. No, industry don't bring money quickly. And, and to build a new industry, we need money for technologies. We need, we need money to build factories. But do we have that money? No, we don't have that money. Not only us, but even US, even Japan. They don't have that money. Because they spend a lot during the COVID. So all, all the world should invest in agriculture, agribusiness, and tourism. This brings money quickly. If we have this money quickly, then we can invest this money in other sectors. This is the only one solution, combined with subsidies and support for businesses and uh, families. Okay, sir, thank you very much. But um, just a quick follow-up, if that's okay. Um, since you mentioned about agriculture, agribusiness, um, how about for those people um, who are not in that sector, for example, an ordinary student, a housewife, um, just a regular employee worker, what can they do perhaps towards the growth of the yes. economy? Yes, very good question. So uh, we, well, uh, we spoke generally about the economy, but now we have to take care for specifics, for people with specific needs, which are students, housewives, and some other uh, people with specific needs in the society. For all of them, 
not only during the pandemic, but even without pandemic, a serious government must have some schemes to support them, even without pandemics. You should have a project to support uh, a young uh, person which want to go in the school and, and don't have opportunities individually. You should have a project as a government to support uh, families with one parent. Which, which this number of families with one parent is increasing rapidly. And we have to think as a society for them. You have to have a, a, a very specific project for people which want to work, but they suffer from specific diseases. They want to work, they are able to work, but they cannot do all jobs, but they can do a specific job. They are able to do something specific and we have to give to them a chance. We should not say, okay, you stay alone, go home. I will give you a very small pension for all of your life. No, they are able to do things probably much more than us, much better than us. And we have to give to them a chance. So we need to have projects for them, besides the fact that COVID exists or not. Even without COVID. No COVID, well, there is another uh, disease. There is another, uh, it will be, a, let, let's say, an earthquake. So what? No earth, earthquake, no projects to support these people? No COVID, no support to these people? No. This is not going to function now. Okay, um, thank you very much, um, Dr. Enrico Seco, for that very insightful and enlightening um, talk about the post-pandemic shifts in the world economy, um, where you shared the major developments and shifts on the post-pandemic world economy. Uh, we, we truly appreciate uh, your time and effort. Were that, um, Dr. Seco, would you have anything to add or would you want to promote to our audience? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's okay with me. Um, do you have anything to promote, sir? Yeah, I would like to thank you for uh, this... Uh, uh, very uh, enjoyable uh, time with you. I loved it very much. Well, for me, it's easier to deliver lessons. But what I what I love the most is the second part of the uh, of the seminar, especially this part of the questions because uh, I really loved the the questions you had. And I, I tried, uh, I tried to, to answer uh, by my heart. Thank you again. Um, would that be all, sir? Okay. So um, again, um, on behalf of ASME, we would like to um, um, express our sincerest gratitude to you. Thank you very much for um, attending here in our webinar. You're welcome and see you next time. I'm happy to discuss with you other issues as well. Thank you very much, sir.
Bye.